Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So we're preparing for some sort of Arctic blast. So hopefully uh, the weather doesn't get like it did last. Was it last week or the week before when we had to split the show up into two two parts? It was last week. Yeah, that was that was wonderful. We we were so close <laughs> to making it to the end of the show, and then Mother Nature said, Nope. Yep. You're you're gonna you're going to have to split the show into two parts. So we'll see what happens this week. Hopefully Mother Nature <clears throat> holds out long enough for me to get both of these podcasts out tonight. But we'll see. It's supposed to be like a low of 22 tomorrow. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Which is, which is <laughs> insane. Uh, and, people, and people make fun of us down here, but that's, that's, a, that's a bone chilling cold, man. Because we're like so humid down here. Like it sucks in the summertime and then when it gets cold like that it's like you feel it in your soul man it's like it's awful i remember 10 years ago there was a uh, there was a flood here that um wiped out a decent amount of streets here in town and leading up to that we had what was probably the coldest winter that i can remember because i would walk outside and my bones would hurt <laughs> Like, that's how cold it was. Yeah. Uh, you can actually bring your mic down just a little bit more. You're coming a little hot tonight. Oh. Coming in hot. How's that? Uh, check. Chickity check, 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 chickaroo. Just a, another how do you chick? Just another hair. All right. Down. Just another hair. Like that That much of a hair? Yeah, I think that's good right there. Okay. All right. Maybe drop it down just a hair more, just to be safe. Yeah. 
that's fine. Yeah, I had I had a um I had an interview for my show last week and I had to jack up the audio on my end, so uh didn't change it back for the show, oh, but that's, that's all right. Um, so we've been playing anything this week other than Mario RPG. I I've been up neck deep in, uh, <clears throat> I've been neck deep in sea of stars is what I've been playing yeah. the last week. Yeah. You were telling me the other day that that's, that's your game of the year so far, so far. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> I know it's early in the year, but I, I'm rough. I'm close to. 20 hours in at this point so we'll we'll see what it's like towards the end of the year but uh i don't know i'm i'm really digging it yeah i'm i do want to try it out at, at some point um for the most part just been playing mario rpg been playing a little bit of harvest moon but i've kind of slacked off on that a little bit um i need to get back into playing sonic superstars um you know i mentioned i got that for christmas but haven't haven't delved into it a ton. Um, and then once that's done, I might get um, Super Mario Wonder oh, and give nice. that a try. Because I've I've heard, you know, nothing but good things about that. I mean, it's a, it's like an old school Mario game or plays like an old school Mario game. So yeah. what's not to like? I think after I'm <clears throat> after I'm done with Sea of Stars, I think I'm going to move on to a Starfield. So I've heard a lot of good stuff about that, and I'm I'm gonna make good use of my uh, Game Pass this year. So you're moving your stars from the sea to the field. Yep, from the sea. Okay. From the sea to the field. Uh, you sh- at some point you should do like back to back reviews, and we'll call that from the uh, from the sea to the field series. I dig it. <laughs> um, but uh, anything else you want to talk about? Because we got a lot of news to cover tonight. Yeah, we do. Let's let's just dive right into it. All right, let's do it. Some of tonight's stories were submitted to us by <clears throat> RMS Jackson, and I am the Rampage. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And this first story comes from theverge.com. Hyperkin has made a handheld Sega Genesis that plays original carts. Uh, The Mega 95 is a new gaming handheld from Hyperkin that's designed to play original Sega Genesis and Mega Drive cartridges. It's equipped with a 5-inch display that has a toggle to switch between 4.3 and 16 by 9 modes and a battery that Hyperkin says should last 10 hours per charge. Uh, Think of it like a modern take on the Genesis Nomad with roughly three times the battery life and other modern conveniences. Um, What do you think about this? This thing looks awesome, and I would love to have this. I read about this a few days ago, and it's only 60 bucks. That's it. Oh, yeah. I'm just now seeing that. It retails for $59.99. That's insanely low. I think I'm going to have to get one. I'm going to have to get one too. I thought this thing would be like a hundred at least. Well, and the thing is too, like it looks really cool. The The screen is sharp. Um, it, we're going to get flack for this, but it kind of reminds me of the switch a little bit <clears> as far as its layout goes. <laughs> but I mean, bit. it, if you look at it, it, it does. And the fact that it plays physical cartridges, that gives me a reason to buy Genesis games. Same. I was just thinking that same thing. So uh, it says here, um, 
even though it's designed primarily as a handheld system, there's also a USB-C dock available that'll let you plug it into a TV and which features ports to plug in additional controllers. This might be worth so, the pickup. That's pretty cool. Oh, they have a Super Nintendo emulation machine too. Yeah. That, that sells for 120. Um, well, hold on. It says, uh, oh, it's, here's the thing. The Megatron, uh, the Mega Retro, the Hyperkin's Mega Retron HD gaming uh, console now sells for $59.99. Um, the, this new Mega 95, uh, the, pr- the pricing or release date has yet to be announced. But the Super, ah. the handheld Super NES emulation machine currently sells for one nineteen ninety nine. So I imagine this is going to be roughly the same. I mean, still, I figured it would be more than that. Yeah, for one hundred twenty bucks. I mean, that's when you compare it to you know the PS five and the Xbox and the Switch. That's pretty good. And uh, James in the chat room says, feels like, it feels like it's going to be tough to sell given the flood of emulators out there, but will appear appeal to uh, cartridge collectors. And yeah, I mean, that's that's the only reason I would buy it is because I want to be able to play cartridges on it. Yeah, it gives me a reason, like I said, to buy Genesis games. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think if it's around the same as the Super Nintendo, I will probably get it. Yeah. At some point. Let's see. This next story comes to us from inverse.com. This handheld crams all of Atari's OG controllers into one device. Just when we thought gaming handhelds were starting to all look the same, my arcade gives us a retro twist for the fast growing market. During CES 2024, my arcade teased its Atari GameStation Portable that's officially licensed by the iconic video game company. It's not your typical handheld design with just a standard D-pad and ABXY buttons, since it includes three of Atari's most popular controllers, the trackball, paddle, and keypad. It announced a bunch of official Atari gear at CES 2024, building on last year's release of its Atari GameStation Pro. Atari may not be releasing any AAA titles, but it still knows how to capitalize on that nostalgia. The company even released a remake of its own with the 2600 Plus, staying true to the original original wood panel design that takes cartridges. I feel like every other week we're talking about Atari and they're yeah. like they're they're doing something different, but this this does look pretty cool. You know, the fact that they've incorporated their classic controllers into one handheld. It's pretty neat. Yeah, and it's got that very 70s color scheme to it, too. I kind of dig it, but, man, I hated Atari controllers. The only thing that, you know, and they don't really do this, but trackballs. Like, why why was there never a peripheral made for for trackball games? Like, being able to play, um, uh, like, how many... Oh my god, there was like a Missile Command and uh, Tempest, like all those games that had a trackball had to be played with, you know, like you can't really get that same arcade experience at home without the trackball. Yeah, and I'm I'm probably not going to get this, honestly, because I wasn't into Atari. That was a bit before my time. I just think it's cool that they're getting their name back out there. Yeah. And uh, the GameStation Portable is set to come out in the fourth quarter of this year for 150 bucks. It seems like all these little handhelds are running between, you know, 125 and 150 bucks. So that seems pretty standard these days. 
yeah, that's about what I would expect. I mean, if you're an Atari fan, I would say it's probably worth getting, but I will probably save my money for the Genesis and possibly the Super Nintendo yeah. thing we talked about. Uh, and this is from digitaltrends.com. An AI, an AI company may have just leaked <clears throat> the Nintendo Switch 2's name and release month. Uh, as part of an of the ongoing wave of AI-related news at CES 2024, Altec Lansing revealed an artificial intelligence-powered successor to GameShark called AI Shark. More interestingly, the press release regarded the software claims that the Nintendo Switch 2 will launch in September 2024. Uh, let's see. This said, yeah, it says uh, their their release said. Uh, the press, <clears throat> the quote in the press release said, "The innovative gaming software is set to mark a significant leap forward in the gaming experience, bringing enhanced gameplay for beginner beginner level users." The official launch is planned to coincide with the Nintendo Switch 2 in September 2024. So they may have just accidentally slipped up and and put something out there they weren't supposed to. I should have zipped their lips and locked the locked them up and threw away the key. Yeah, no kidding. I I'm surprised that it would come out that early. I know we were both thinking of more of like the holiday release, maybe like an early to mid November. Yeah. If it's gonna be just called the Switch Two, I gotta be honest. I think that's kind of lame. Yeah, I like Super Switch. They just need to call it the yeah. Super Switch. Scott Johnson said it on Twitter, and I totally agree with him. I will only acknowledge it as the Super Nintendo Switch. Yeah. <laughs> it would be perfect. It would be a great throwback to one of your best consoles you ever did. It, why not? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, PlayStation gets away with it because they've been doing it since they started. Like, yeah, we think of it as the PS5. That's just what Sony does. Yeah. The X or Microsoft comes up with different names for their variations of the Xbox. Why not Super Switch or Super Nintendo Switch? Yeah, just that. It just sounds good. The Super Switch. It just, I like it. It sounds good, rolls off the tongue better than Switch 2 or whatever. You could do some, you could even do some great marketing. Like you could do some cool throwback commercials. Cause you remember the old Super Nintendo commercials where it would end with, the SNES logo with all the lightning in the background yeah. saying, now you're playing with superpower. Yeah. <laughs> I Do like something it. like that. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Throwback. Give us some throwback Nintendo commercials. Yeah. I mean, that's what people like Nintendo for the most is the nostalgia. Yeah. Why not take it one step farther with the marketing? Yeah. Put out like, oh. an, like when you buy the switch, put out an old school poster, like the ones you used to get when you buy bought Nintendo games. Oh, that'd be great. <clears throat> and it's got like all the like old school poster like that. That would be awesome. <sighs> but what do we know? Yeah. We're we're, we're we're just <laughs> we're just average Joes. Yeah. Next up, we have uh, from our favorite site nintendolife.com, three more Sega classics are being revived. And apparently 10 have been greenlit already. Last year at the Game Awards, Sega dropped one of the most exciting announcements of the show, revealing new games were in development for select classic franchises. In the same announcement, it teased there was even more to come. Now in an update, Insider Gamer claims around 10 Sega classics were greenlit for production between 2020 and 2021. 
While five have already been confirmed, the site has now been told by its sources that projects for Panzer Dragoon, Neon Genesis Evangelon, I'm probably getting that wrong. Someone will correct me, but um, and Sakura Tizen are in the early stages of development as well. Gamatsu also recently highlighted how Sega filed trademarks for multiple other series, including Alex Kidd, Afterburner, House of the Dead, Outrun, Super Monkey Ball, Altered Beast, Eternal Champions, and Kid Chameleon. Of course, the original games revealed were Jet Set Radio, Crazy Taxi, Streets of Rage, Golden Axe, and Shinobi. So what do you think? Uh, um, Sega's digging back into the digging back in the well. I mean, that's awesome. I'm 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 ready for anything Sega wants to bring back and revive. I remember Panzer Dragoon. I don't remember these other two, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, I guess that's how you say it, and Sakura Evangelion, Tyson. maybe? Yeah. I don't remember either of these games, but I do remember Panzer Dragoon. And who isn't ready to play some more Crazy Taxi? That's the one I'm most ready for. Yeah, I'm, I think both you and I are in the same boat with that like i'm i loved the original crazy taxi it was so fun to play and i it, we've been overdue for a new crazy taxi oh, so yeah. jet set radio was pretty fun um streets of rage i haven't dabbled into too much but i know that'll be a really popular one um any of the other trademarks they've um filed for you know like altered beast i know that's a a notable game mm-hmm. for uh, for Sega, even though I personally didn't really care for it. Yeah. Maybe they'll do a, a follow-up that's much better, or maybe they'll kind of tweak the original. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? There's there's so many avenues they could go down with this. Because that was the original pack-in game for the Sega Genesis was uh, Altered Beast. But I tried playing it on the, the my Genesis Mini, and yeah, it's it's going to need a lot of work to make it into a good game. It's just uh, boring. Yeah, there's not much to it. It's just didn't really capture my imagination. No, no, it did not. Uh, and for this last story, this is a pretty big story that happened. <clears throat> oh, wait, no, two more stories. We got two more. Second to last. This is from NintendoLife.com, and this is weird how we reviewed this last week, and then all of a sudden we're getting Rocket Knight news all over the place but from nintendolife.com konami is bringing back rocket knight adventures and felix the cat uh limited run games konami have teamed up to bring back two classic series from the japanese developers back catalog felix the cat and rocket knight adventures uh felix the cat will contain the 1992 nes original and the 93 game boy adventure while rocket knight adventures resparked will include uh, Rocket Knight Adventures, Sparkster, Rocket Knight Adventures 2, uh, and the SNES exclusive spinoff, Sparkster. A release date hasn't been announced for either collection, but we know they're coming to the Switch. And um, I just found it kind of weird that like we did, um, we did the review last week, and then it was like the next day. It was like, hey, we're, we're bringing Rocket Knight back. And I was like, wow, that's odd timing. I have a theory on that, actually. I'm convinced that someone from Konami was watching live, <laughs> and they said, you know what? We could bring Rocket Knight back. Let's fast track it. Yeah, it it's time. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just weird, because, you know, you never really hear of a game, and then you, 
<clears throat> we do something with it, and then like the next day, there's like news about it, and it's like, what is that? What's that's weird. That is very weird timing, but at the same time, you know, that's that's really cool because I'm I'm curious about the spinoff and the sequel now. Now that we've played the original, yeah. And I never played Felix the Cat. I remember watching the cartoons, but I never played any of the Felix games. I didn't either. I'm, I'm excited to <clears throat> maybe place the um because you know I I talked about I played a little bit of Sparkster for the Super Nintendo, so I might actually pick up the uh, the Rocket Knight Adventures collection because I I really like that game and I just want to play the other ones. Like I didn't even know that there was a part two. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, but I think if I were to pick up one as well, it would be the it would be Rocket Knight. Yeah. Our last story comes to us from pushsquare.com. PS1 veteran Shuji Utsumi appointed Sega's new Western boss. Uh, he's being appointed president slash COO and CEO of Sega America and Europe top billing in Western markets. So he's going to be quite busy. Uh, the reshuffling was announced by Sega Sammy, the parent company of both the Sega and Sammy corporations, which, of course, manufacture the legendary pachinko machines. <laughs> of course. Utsumi has an impressive list of credits to his name. Of particular interest, he was instrumental in founding Sony Computer Entertainment and helping launch the PlayStation in North America. He's produced dozens of games and launched the Sega Dreamcast outside of Japan. He's also said to have been vital in making Kingdom Hearts happen having worked to bridge the gap between Square Enix and Disney in the early 2000s. It's an exciting shakeup, and a newly resurgent Sega has an exciting slate of games to look forward to. If I remember right, I think he was executive producer on some of the uh, modern Sonic games as well. Hmm. Well, I mean, this this news is kind of... makes It just kind of makes me think, what does Sega have up their sleeve? Because this is a huge get for them. Like, this dude has got some major accomplishments under his belt. And you don't just bring somebody in like this just to kind of coast. Like, you've got to have some, a lot of things in play coming up soon. So, do you, this might sound crazy. And I know I'll get picked on for this, but do you think maybe, I wonder if you're going to ask me the same question. Is, do you think Sega might be making another console? I mean, the way I look at it is this. I, I agree with you. All the moves they're making and them appointing you know, someone of Utsumi's caliber, it can't just be for games. I know. Uh, that's the thing. Like it, They've already got all the games coming. He, that was in, in the works before he came on. But they'd be crazy to put out another, a console in this market, wouldn't they? Yeah. That's the thing that, like, the optimist in me says it would be really cool for Sega to come back with yeah. a console, but the realist in me says, I don't think it would be a very good idea financially, but it, it's it got us talking. Yeah. So they've accomplished part of their goal, at least. I mean, they've got the name recognition that if they did come out with a console... People, I think curiosity alone would sell 5 million units at least, especially I, I, it might not be a full on console like an Xbox or anything, but maybe a hybrid console like the switch 
or something handheld. I mean, who knows? Could be. This, I think, might be the most fascinating story to me for 2024. Like, more so than Atari. Like, what is Sega up to? Yeah. Like, are they just going to blindside us with some kind of console announcement later in the year? Yeah, I mean, six months from now, what are we going to be talking about from Sega? Because, I mean, they've been making some moves. Along with Atari, Sega and Atari are, like, coming up from the rear you know, like they've been in, they they've been in the in in the in the pit stop, you know, pit row or whatever for the, like the last twenty years, and all, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, Atari and Sega are back on the track. They're like to use a Nintendo reference when you're playing Mario Kart and you get knocked down to eighth place, yeah. and you're making that last <laughs> push on the final lap to try and get back in first. That's what they're doing right now. Yeah. They they got hit with the blue shell a long time ago, <clears throat> so I don't know what they have up their sleeve. But this is a huge move for them because, like I said, this dude's got some some notches on the belt of things he's done. You don't bring a guy in like this just to have him just go. Things stay like they are. Like they've got to be planning something. One thing I can say for sure, I'm really excited to see what Sega does. You know, it, it may end up disappointing us, but they've got the buzz, and yeah. that's half the battle. But I just, I can't think that they would be coming out with a new console, but you never know. I mean... Yeah, from a realistic and a logical standpoint, I don't think it's a smart idea. But man, it would be cool. Yeah, I mean, they work so well with Nintendo now, you know, like to to crank back up into the uh console market would i don't know <clears throat> not anger <laughs> nintendo because you know they're a company they don't get angry but that that might you know because they they have sonic like in all the you know he's pretty much a nintendo character at this point it, and would it fracture all that goodwill that sega has with nintendo like what's going to happen if they did announce a console if they do, I'm sure we'll be doing a breaking news podcast about it. Yeah, pretty much. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens personally. Um, and before we go into the next segment, uh, we are proudly sponsored by our mobile game partner, Globe Glider. And if you like action adventure platformers, plat- I can't talk tonight. Platformers, and we know you do. Globe Glider is for you, uh, and it's totally free. There's no like. Uh, transactions in the game or anything like that. It's a completely free game. You just play it, but if you want to make a donation to the game, you can use our partnership, and it's very quick and easy. You hit the Donate button and select NerdCave Retro as your referral partner, and you will unlock sweet in-game prizes like an exclusive NerdCave Retro cape. So download Globe Glider now on the App Store or Google Play. And uh, we got a couple of minutes. Let's burn through this month of video game history real quick. Let's get there. On January 31st of 1992, Quintet and Enix released Soul Blazer for the SNES in Japan. 
the spiritual prequel to one of my favorite RPGs for the Super Nintendo, Illusion of Gaia. Um, I reviewed Soul Blazer a while back on the show. It's not a bad RPG, but it's it's pretty bare bones. If you're curious about it, I do recommend it. It's not a bad game. Just don't expect a lot from it. Yeah. Uh, Jan- January 21st of 1998, Capcom releases one of your favorites, Resident Evil 2, for the PlayStation. Uh, those were the days. I remember, oh man, that game was something else when it came out. I was so excited for that game. Uh, I wish they would do another remake of it. If they re- literally did another remake of that game, I would play it again in a heartbeat. What would you call it? Resident, the Evil, Resident Evil 2 Remake Remake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. January 4th of 2001, um, I'm going to get this wrong, so I'm going to go ahead and apologize. Uh, Jagex? Jagex releases RuneScape. The game has over 300 million accounts created and was recognized by the Guinness World Records as the largest and most updated free MMORPG. I've never played RuneScape, but I've seen people play it before. Yeah, I know how popular it is. But I've never played it. I've I've never really been into the MMO games because I know that I have an addictive personality. Yeah. And if I get into one, you won't hear from me for a while. Yeah, I, I really got into World of Warcraft. And originally, I liked City of Heroes and City of Villains. And I don't know if you could hear me and Joey screaming last week because they, uh, they actually... Um, NCSoft, I think that's their name, actually gave their blessing to a a fan-run server that's still going right now for City of Heroes and and gave them the the green light and the okay to keep keep it going, and they're not going to mess with them about it. Take note, Nintendo. Yeah, hear that, Nintendo? That's how you make people happy. Uh, January 29th. Of 2004, Game Freak releases Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green for the Game Boy Advance in Japan. Which was the uh, the remakes of the original Pokemon games that came out. because they So the games were red and blue in the US, but in Japan, they were red and green. Why, I, why they changed the color, I have no idea. Every, every freaking week, there's a Pokemon... You know, fire engine, uh, <laughs> orange sunset, and like uh, Pokemon blue, uh, blue ocean uh, pickles, and like that. There's a, a two games that got dropped every week for like thirty years, and I don't know how you guys keep up with it. Well, it's not as confusing as Final Fantasy. Well, yeah, maybe it's up there. <laughs> If if Final <laughs> Fantasy's here, Pokemon's like just uh, under it. A close second. A, a close second, yeah. Yeah, they're they're the ones that like are a turn short in getting first place <laughs> in Mario Kart. Yep. Uh before we uh, go into the review for tonight, Derek, you want to do our Patreon shout outs. Of course, as always, we want to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Yupfed, a.k.a. Knife, James, a.k.a. at Jimbo Jr. on our Discord, Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B. Res Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axeblade07, 
Armes Jackson, Carlos Longoria, of course, better known as I Am the Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. Joey Image, and of course, last but not least, Mama Diamond. Donna Diamond, absolutely. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to our monthly bonus episodes. Have you recovered just a little bit <laughs> from the holiday special? I'm getting there. We got we gotta we gotta talk about what we're gonna do this month. I, I say we do something easy and something that we love, like real <laughs> Ghostbusters or something to clean cleanse the palate that was the Star Wars holiday special. <sighs> so no Mortal Kombat Annihilation? No, that we gotta wait on that one. That's <laughs> I I don't know if what I mean if we made it through the holiday special we can make it through anything but <laughs> yeah Mortal Kombat Annihilation is pretty bad yeah we're already like halfway through January it's insane so yeah, we've only got a couple more weeks so we'll we'll figure something out but we've got plenty of episodes in the archives between Batman the Animated Series real Ghostbusters full length movies like Batman eighty nine Transformers the movie. Uh, the list is near endless on what we've done. So if you want to head over to patreon.com slash retro to sign up, feel free to do so. And for new patrons, send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And tonight, Derek is going to be talking about very lovely little rendition of the uh, original Super Mario music. I dig it. I know, right? This whole soundtrack for for this game was incredible, but we'll get to that uh, here in a bit. So, of course, I'm going to be reviewing the Super Mario RPG remake for the Nintendo Switch, which is a remake uh, of the 1996 Super Nintendo Entertainment System game Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. The remake was released on November 17th worldwide um, this past year. And uh, the game's soundtrack, which you just heard a little bit about, um, 
was actually composed by the composer for the original game, Yoko Shimomura. And I was stoked when I heard that she was coming back because the Mario RPG soundtrack, the original one, is one of my favorite soundtracks for any Super Nintendo game. And she did a masterful job with this. It sounds fully orchestrated and it really puts a more modernized and honestly like a more fun Mm. twist on every song that's in the game. And if you look at her Wikipedia page and all the stuff that she, all the video games that she's done music for, it's insane. Like you just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling like it's um it's insane how many soundtracks she's done yeah it's between um you know super smash brothers she's done a ton of the other um, mario games like the mario and luigi series she's you may not know her name but you definitely know her work mm-hmm. you know we we talk about koji kondo a lot and rightfully so because he composed a lot of the the more iconic Nintendo themes, but she has a a great resume under herself. So I was really, really excited when they dropped the trailer for this. Um, I think it was earlier this year in the, um, in one of the Nintendo directs, Mm -hmm. this being one of my favorite super Nintendo games, you know, I, my expectations were high because I'm like, they can't really screw it up because it was already a great game unto itself you go back and you look at the original game the graphics are kind of ugly you know it it looked they look very pixelated everything's very simple because it's it's in 3d which is kind of weird for it being a super nintendo game yeah and it's weird like you look back at that original game and it's almost like they were using polygons and not um pixels and it came out towards the end of the the Super Nintendo's lifespan, because if I remember right, the Nintendo 64 came out later that year. So um, they were really pushing the the limits for the Super Nintendo. Um, so I've been I've been counting down the days and I have watched a little bit of footage, but I wanted to go in this game with a completely open mind. To see, you know, what what kind of changes were made, if there were any improvements, if there were any additions. And from the very beginning, when you hear the the soundtrack to the opening cutscene, it's just it draws you in because it's this fun, upbeat, catchy song. You see the improved graphics, which I think are perfect for what this game is. The game looks smooth. It's very bright and animated. Um, I have no complaints about the look of the game you know it it looks cartoonish like you know if you look at mario in any of the cutscenes, he has no neck which is kind of <laughs> which is kind of funny but it's it's like a modern cartoon as far as how i look at it like if you look on you know cartoon network or nickelodeon you see like the the computer animated shows mm-hmm. that's what it looks like and what's cool is that there were no cutscenes. It, well, there are, but they don't really stand out as cutscenes in the original game. The remake has a select few cinematic style cutscenes, especially um, the opening whenever Peach 
is, you know, in the flower field outside of Mario's house and Bowser swoops in on his clown car and kidnaps her. And Mario comes out and does his, you know, heroic leap and whatnot. And from there, you just kind of dive right into the game. Yeah, because I, I only played a little bit of the uh, original. I never played it back then um, when it first came out. I played it a little bit of it on the Switch when it came out on the uh, the Super Nintendo Online. Um, it It is turn-based combat, which kind of turned me off at the time. I was like, I don't really want to play turn-based combat with Mario. Um, but now that I've been playing Sea of Stars the last couple of weeks, I'm really digging um, turn-based combat, so I think I might slide right into Super Mario RPG when I'm done with that, because my Switch, I, I forgot to tell everybody, I got my new controllers in the other day, and my Switch is back to life, baby. <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're correct. It is a turn-based game. And I was curious as to, because I haven't really played a turn-based RPG in a long time, and I, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Like, I accept it for what it is, but it's not really my favorite style of combat. I prefer more of, like, the Secret of Mana style, where you're just in an open field and enemies come up and you attack. Yeah. Um, But they do have some cool additions to the the combat in the, the remake. So something that was cool in the original is that right before you would get attacked, you could try and block your enemy's attack Mm -hmm. and it would either reduce the damage you would take, or you wouldn't take any damage at all. Mm -hmm. They add this little, um, it's almost like a word balloon from a comic book, but it's like a little exclamation point that'll come up above your character when you're supposed to hit the block button. Mm -hmm. And it distracted me at first because it was like, from muscle memory, I knew when to do it, but them telling me how to do it was throwing me off, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, Sea of Stars is kind of like that, too. Like, when you're fighting something and it's the, the enemy's turn to, to hit you, like they, they do, it's like a time thing where you can block their attack where you get way less... Um, it, it it hits for way less if you can block something and like say an enemy will come up and they'll tap on the ground twice before they hit you so that you have time to kind of time it to hit and <clears throat> I've gotten really used to it and I've, <clears throat> I I don't know just something about playing a game with that kind of um, turn-based combat is very relaxing and not not like a twitch-based you know not like you're playing uh, uh, Arkham Asylum, you know, where you're just like constantly beating the hell out of everything. It's like you actually have time to kind of sit, think about what you're gonna do, which character you want to move, and what what moves you want to do. And I, I find it kind of relaxing. And I've never felt that way before about you know turn-based games. I'm sure it probably has a little less anxiety than than Arkham Asylum. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, James uh, in the chat room asked you, uh, how many hours of gameplay do you think it runs? He he never played the original. Um, That's a good question. I, I beat it, I'd say between 10 to 12 hours. That's not bad. It's, it, it's a pretty straightforward um, RPG. 
And, and for those that don't know what the game is about, um, the story focuses on um, Mario and a set of familiar characters and original characters created specifically for the game um, who try to defeat the Smithy gang who invade the Mushroom Kingdom um, during the, at the beginning of the game, you fight Bowser in order to get Princess Peach back. Well, during the fight, this giant sword comes from space and lands in Bowser's castle, throwing everybody in different directions. And you find out that the person piloting or the thing piloting the um, the sword is a character named Smithy, who's trying to take over you know, pretty much the entire universe. Well, he splits what's called the Star Road into seven pieces, and the Star Road grants wishes um, to anyone who, like, you know, wishes upon shooting stars and whatnot. So as long as the Star Road is out of commission, no wishes will be granted. So the purpose of the game is to find the seven star pieces and restore it. Um, you know, when, familiar you character- to, when you try to explain the plot, of Mario games, you sound like you're on acid. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like the original Mario games, like, well, you go around, you stomp turtles, and you get uh, stars that make you invincible, and then you go into the sewer, and you fight a big dragon to save a princess. Uh, I need, you know that um, that gif from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the guy <laughs> yeah. with, the, with the strings around the wrapped around the board and he's just like yeah that's how i feel right now um but you you meet different characters along the way to add to your party so people the characters that people already know are bowser and peach um what was cool about this game when it came out is it was one of the few times that you actually got to play as bowser because he you know he wants to get his castle back so he's like well the enemy of my enemy is my friend, so he joins up with you. Yeah. Um, and there are two new characters, one named Mallow, who at the beginning of the game says he's a tadpole, but he's not. He was raised by um, the Frog Sage, which is another change that they made in the... And I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'll, get, I'll get to my point here in a second. Okay, so one of the areas you go to, I think it's called Tadpole Pond where you find this um, frog sage, which he's almost kind of like the Yoda of the game, if you will. If you don't know where to go, you can go talk to him and he'll tell you where to go. But he's like just, you know, the wise, all-knowing kind of mentor character. Um, There's a whole backstory with Mallow that I won't get into because it'll... I could go on and on about the story, but we'd be here till like 8 o'clock. See, they they should have added an Easter egg in the game where uh, Bowser starts singing Peaches. Peaches, Peaches. Oh, my peaches. God. That would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been awesome. The other original character is named Gino, who uh, is actually one of the more popular characters in the Mario universe. Um, Gino is originally from the Star Road. His real form is he's just like a little baby star, but he inhabits the body of a doll that looks kind of like a wizard, but is actually one of the coolest characters in the game. He has some of the coolest attacks. Um, he's just, he's really cool. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, so for your party, you can only have three members um, of the five that actually can attack enemies. 
what they added in the remake is this thing called uh, triple attacks, which are basically the three come together and they do like a special move. Mm-hmm. Once your your gauge fills up to a hundred, and what's cool is the attacks are different depending on who's in your party. So there there's one. It's when you have Mario, Mallow, and Bowser in your party. The three of them jump in Bowser's clown car, <laughs> fly up in the sky, and just rain down lightning bolts, fireballs, and then at the end, Bowser shoots this giant bullet bill onto the field. It looks like a freaking Dragon Ball Z attack. That's awesome. But it's it's really cool. So that, that was a, a nice addition. I did feel like not so much that they dumbed down the game in the beginning, but I felt like they held my hand a little too much and maybe it's because i played the original but with the original you kind of got brief instructions on what to do and then you had to figure the rest of it out as you went along i was gonna ask was the original that way or did they specifically do that for the remake i think they specifically did it for the remake Hmm. um which i i get but i felt like it made the game a little too easy in the beginning yeah but once you advance, if you don't have the blocking mastered down, you get some serious hit points taken away from you if you get attacked. Can you so you out? really got to learn. Oh, hmm? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, so you really got to learn how to properly block. Otherwise, the the rest of the game is going to be pretty long for yeah. you. Um, can you switch out characters on the fly? Mm hmm. Okay. So you you couldn't do that in the original. You had to wait until you were like out in the hub world in order to switch your party. Mm. But if like say somebody dies, then you can swap them out or if you just feel like swapping them out, yeah. you can. The the only person you can't switch out is Mario. Okay. Mario has to be in the battlefield at all times. Yeah, cuz and Sea of Stars is kind of like that cuz you have your two main characters that you you go on your adventure so you you kind of pick which one of those you, you as your party leader the one that you directly control you know at first all the time um and then the third character like the more people you get in your party everybody's with you while you're out adventuring but only 3 of you can fight at one time so that third character like say you get your third character gets hit and is almost dead, you can switch them out to another character that you have in the party. Okay, that's pretty cool. The um, something I wish they would have added, maybe for like the second playthrough, whenever you fight Smithy, that's like the one fight where you can have all five members of your party. Because there's a a cutscene. Because Smithy comes in two forms. When you fight his second form, you see like all five characters as if they're going to fight him. Mm. And then when you go in the battle, it's just three of them. Hmm. So I'm like, man, that would have been cool if yeah, just for that fight alone, you could have had all five. But my favorite addition to this game, and it's something that has been a critique of mine with these RPGs, is that once you're done, like you're pretty much done. Like, there's no real reason to go back and play it. Yeah. Once you beat the game, you um you have to go to one of the towns called Marymore, and they have this, um, it's like a luxury hotel, and you, you have to stay in the luxury room because you get, like, 
free stuff if you stay in it. Um, and then that triggers a series of events where you can end up having rematches with some of the bosses huh. throughout the game. And the rematches are insanely hard. Really? So there's a character named Booster that you fight um, about the halfway point of the game. You go back to his tower and you fight him again. And the the way that... Um, what were those things called? They were similar to Shy Guys in Mario Brothers 2. They looked like Shy Guys, but they had like a like a cannon yeah. on the sniffets is what they were called. Okay, yeah. So I was trying to think so, what they I never knew what they were called. Yeah, they're I'm pretty sure they're called sniffets. Um there's three of them and Booster. Well, during the battle, Booster is like working on something. If you hit him, then you know it distracts him. But if you don't, he finishes repairing um, his train. And if he hits you with the train, it's an instant kill for your entire party. Wow. That's nuts. So, yeah. <laughs> and there, there's and all the boss fights have this like little edge to them that make them insanely hard. Hmm. And I'm like, you know what? This is frustrating, but kudos, Nintendo, because you added a cool a cool feature. So it's kind of like an, an old school RPG where it's, it's kind of on rails. Like there's not really any kind of like open world map to it or anything. Is there? Um, there is. So it's like, you can select where you want to go. Like the map is divided into different sections. And once you like, say go to the mushroom kingdom, you're there. And then you can go into like, you know, an item shop or an yeah. inn or Peach's Castle, but it, there's not like a giant overworld. No. See, and I would have thought that, you know, being the Super Mario RPG and being on the Switch and being a remake, I would have thought they would have made it way bigger, you know, and make it like a, a 20 to 25 hour adventure. Because, I mean, even though 12, you know, 13, 14 hours is not that short, it still seems kind of short for an RPG, though. I was hoping that they would have added maybe an, at least another section to the map to add a little more, little more playtime into yeah. it. And it said, like you had talked about, um, about the cutscenes, <clears throat> and it said that they're now pre-rendered videos instead of in-game scenes. Uh, and have been giving increasingly more dynamic camera angles. Um, bosses have short scenes before the battles begin. Like you would have thought there'd have been a little more, more cut scenes in there too, because you know, I mean, they're Nintendo. They can add cut scenes and stuff in there and make them look really cool and compelling to to just just to flesh out the story a little more. You know, I did think that was kind of weird that only certain moments had cinematic cutscenes, and then the rest of it just played out like it did in the original game. Yeah. So I, I thought, I thought that was an interesting choice, but you know, it, it didn't take away from my overall enjoyment of the game, but I will say Nintendo should really look into remaking more of their classic RPGs. Mm -hmm. If they do, they got to give them the same care and detail that they gave this one because it, everything from 
capturing the same humor, um, adding the cutscenes, the graphics are gorgeous. The score was perfect. You got to put in that kind of detail if you're going to remake some of your classics. Yeah. So I said this last, uh, not last week, but when we did our 2023 recap show, had Tears of the Kingdom not come out, this would have been my game of the year hmm. for 2023. Yeah. I know I have the sentimental attachment to it, but I couldn't put it down the day that I got it. Because I love that world. I wish they would have done a true sequel to it. I like the Paper Mario games. The Mario and Luigi RPG games are fun. But this is still the best one, well, maybe, in my opinion. Maybe if it does well enough. I don't know what the numbers are as far as how many they've sold so far. But if it does well, I don't see why they couldn't still do a sequel to it. Hopefully so. I will say, like, I have very, very little to complain about this game. I would have liked to have seen more cutscenes, like we talked about, maybe some additional worlds or areas to the map. But I love this game. My second favorite game of 2023. So I would give this, I'd say I'll give it a nine and a half. Nice. <laughs> that's a, that's a good, almost perfection. Yep, minus those couple of things. I love this game. If you played the original and you haven't checked out the remake, run out and get it because you will love it. And I think since you're you're in the mode for RPGs of this style, I think you really should give Sea of Stars a, a, a try because I'm about 20 hours in, and from what I read, that game's about 25 to 27 hours. Um, so I probably will do that as my next review is sea of okay. stars um but before my next review next week we're going to be talking about our top five multiplayer games so get get those to us before next week you can email them to us nerdcaveretro at gmail.com you can go on our discord uh under the top five submission tab any way you, you need to we'll get we'll get it and we'll read them on the show so top five multiplayer games for next week i can't wait that's gonna be a really fun top five it's i i haven't even written my list yet because i don't know i have so many multiplayer games that i like i know my top two it'll just be figuring out three through five yeah I don't know. We'll see before next week. Yeah. Um, also, want to let everybody know, too, uh, that for the month of January, you have, what, two more weeks left? If you use our code NCR at checkout at brezcoffeecode.com, our code will get you 15% off as, to, as opposed to the usual 10. So if you want to get 15% off your order, go to brezcoffeecode.com, use our code NCR at checkout. Um, before we go, Derek, what's going on with the Derek Diamond experience? So I had one of the most fun interviews that I've done in a while. Um, it's with an actor named Tom Gallup. Um, he played a, a pretty notable role in two of the four um, Born movies with Matt Damon. You might remember the Born Identity, Born Supreme movies. Um, he was also in a lot of TV shows back in the 90s between um, Home Improvement Step by Step, Party of Five, uh, Will and Grace. He was also on Seinfeld. Hmm. 
if you name a notable show in the 90s, he was probably on it. And now he runs a chocolate shop in Beverly Hills. Nice. So uh, we had a, a really fun chat. He actually did the interview from like the storage room of his <laughs> shop. So so it was really fun. Um, that'll actually be out um, tomorrow. So if you're watching live or you're listening to this as soon as it drops, uh, that'll be out tomorrow. Go to linktree.com slash podcast to subscribe. Does he kill children in horrible ways in his candy shop? Like a certain Wonka character. (laughs) (laughs) If if I end up going to LA next month, I will try and find out firsthand. Uh, And go check out the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. We've had so many good guests lately. And also at the end of this month, we got Derek coming back on for Headliners, where we talk about all the crazy headlines of the month. So go follow us over there at openmikers.com. And Derek, I think that's it. Is that everything for this week? Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. If you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree. That takes you everywhere you need to go on our socials, our Patreon, our merch shop. If you don't want to be a patron, but you want to give us some money, say, good job, fellas. We got like a cash app and a PayPal button up there. You can give us money. If you want to buy some stuff, go to ncrmerch.com. That We got t-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. You can... The best thing you can do for us, if you don't have the money, go leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms. And Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Peaches, 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 peaches. That's actually on beat. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.